Hello and welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Bernadette Ballantyne. This week, we are going two years back in time, to November 2019. Some things were very similar to now. The world was preparing for COP, COP25 in Madrid. And some things were very different. A virus had just begun to spread, unobserved, in Wuhan, China. We had just released our 36th episode of Engineering Matters, and a lot of new listeners have joined us since then. And with COP26 ongoing, this episode is just as relevant now as it was before. So we're going to play it for you again. This episode tells the story of a legacy left by someone who used his genius to try and change the world for the better. Producing it in 2019, I was so impressed by the dedication of the amazing people who were moving this forward, creating something that would help lower global carbon emissions. This episode is about a calculator that, since we broadcast, is being used in over 60 countries worldwide to lower greenhouse gas emissions. Then, as now, it is the calculator that could save the world. This episode of Engineering Matters was created in partnership with Mott MacDonald. Genius can be described as the ability to take something complex and make it simple. He really had a reputation for being the smartest person in Cambridge at the time. This is Anna Stevenson, a senior energy advisor at the Department for International Development. She's talking about Cambridge University, one of the most highly regarded universities in the world with mathematician Sir Isaac Newton, scientist Charles Darwin, mathematician Alan Turing, anthropologist Diane Fossey, physicist Ernest Rutherford, economist John Maynard Keynes, astronaut Michael Fole, environmental broadcaster David Attenborough, actor Emma Thompson and cosmologist Stephen Hawking among its alumni. But Anna isn't talking about any of them. She's remembering David Mackay. He used to say it rhymed with black eye, but he was a genius, which is brilliant. David Mackay became a professor of physics at Cambridge in 2003, aged only 36. He had an international reputation in the field of machine learning, information theory and communication systems. So, for example, he invented something called Dasha, which was a software tool for disabled people, which allowed them to write text as fast as normal handwriting using just a single finger or a head-mounted pointer. When they met, Anna was a PhD student. She and David were both members of the university's Zero Carbon Society. Climate scepticism is increasingly rare nowadays, but it was commonplace then. But then in around 2005, or maybe even before, he started to get annoyed about people who were making unfounded assertions about energy and climate change. And so he decided he needed to do something about it. And in 2008, he published his book called Sustainable Energy Without the Hot Air. David hated misinformation and wanted to cut through what he described as a twaddle around sustainable energy. So he wrote a straight-talking, numbers-based book to inform and empower people. He wanted them to make decisions based on fact, not emotion or politics. He made his book free to download, which 400,000 people did, and another 40,000 bought hard copies. Sustainable Energy Without the Hot Air simplified the maths around sustainable energy production and consumption, using consistent units so that readers could easily understand the numeric building blocks of our energy system. 
This enabled readers to see clearly whether the UK could power itself sustainably. And it allowed people to judge the impact of changing elements of production or consumption. He reminded everyone that power is the rate at which something uses energy and compared production and consumption values for everything using the same unit, kilowatt hours per day. David's consistent approach to measuring made it possible to understand the power of consumption of everything from cars to electronic gadgets, farm machinery and the heating and cooling of buildings. The result was what he described as a stack of information about energy use per person. He calculated this to be 195 kilowatt hours per person per day. Of this, 40 kilowatt hours per person per day was from car use, 37 kilowatt hours from heating and cooling, and 5 kilowatt hours was from using gadgets. He created another information stack for power generation, again measured in kilowatt hours per person per day. On and offshore wind generation, solar PV cells and solar thermal generation, biomass, nuclear, coal and gas-fired power stations, the output of everything was laid out in consistent, comparable numbers. It enabled readers to see what combinations of sustainable energy could be created to meet demand. David's approach was so simple as to be revolutionary and it immediately captured the attention of the government. His book was well-renowned, very popular, and it led him to becoming the chief scientist at the UK's newly formed Department for Energy and Climate Change. And this was just when the government had legally committed to serious action on climate change. This legal commitment was contained in the Climate Change Act of 2008. It saw the UK become the first country in the world to set a legally binding reduction target of 80% on 1990 carbon dioxide emission levels. To achieve this, a new set of tools was needed to measure the impact of different energy scenarios in reducing emissions. A carbon calculator was required. The calculator is really an interactive version of what David did in Sustainable Energy Without the Hot Air. In it, he set out all the possible, uh, the potential sources of low carbon energy in the UK on one side and all the demand we have for energy on the other and looked at whether how much we could decrease our demand and increase our supply and then saw whether or not these actually lined up. So was it possible to meet our target to have a sustainable energy system? This is Laura Eilert, Programme Manager for the 2050 Calculator at the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, BASE. BASE was formed in July 2016 when DEC was merged with the Department for Business, Innovation and Skills. And in 2019, it launched a three-year programme to further develop the calculator that David first created, using it internationally to inform governments and businesses about climate change and get them thinking about how to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. The first International 2050 Calculator Programme conference took place in mid-November in Windsor, UK. Presenting at the conference, Laura explained how David's book enlightened her own understanding of energy consumption. So I remember when I was a teenager, I got a book about climate change and things you could do to uh, help the world. And very clearly, one of the main things that it said you should do is always unplug a phone charger when it's not in use, because it sucks a lot of energy and wastes energy. Now, David saw this as well, and it made him quite angry angry because it was advice given without evidence. And in his book, he shows that actually a charger left plugged in with no phone attached uses only 0.01 kilowatt hours per day of energy, which is a hundredth of a percent of a UK person's energy use, or the same as one second of driving a car. 
So in it, he says, obsessively switching off the phone charger is like bailing the Titanic with a teaspoon. This enabled David to make a big point in his book. Even if lots of people do something that's ineffective, very little is achieved. Knowing where to put effort for greatest effect is vitally important. David emphatically believed that the maths didn't have to be complicated. In fact, he first wanted to call his book, You Figure It Out. And this is essentially what his first carbon calculator enabled people to do. It was released in July 2010, and it did for the first time allow people to figure out the impact of different energy scenarios on carbon emissions. The 2050 Calculator is an interactive online tool that allows anybody to explore different pathways for the development of an economy and to see the impact that that has on carbon and greenhouse gas emissions over time. This is Sam Friggins, a senior consultant in energy strategy and innovation at engineering consultant Mott MacDonald, which is leading the consortium that's delivering the International 2050 Carbon Calculator programme for BASE. In addition to Mott MacDonald, the consortium includes Belgian consultancy Climact, Imperial College London and UK consultant Ricardo. In almost a decade since version 1 of the calculator was launched in the UK, it's been adopted or adapted in over 30 countries, regions or cities around the world and we'll hear more about that later. You can choose in the calculator uh, what level of renewable energy you want in the future in your country. You can choose whether you want to switch to electric vehicles or not. You can choose how much insulation you want to put into people's homes to reduce uh, heating demand and heating bills. So you can make all these decisions across all different parts of the economy and the calculator gives you very instant, very visually, very easy to understand answers to see what the cumulative impact of those decisions are um, on overall carbon emissions. The inputs used to create emission profiles are described as levers. The first UK calculator, for example, had 31. These levers represent to a high level of detail the different carbon sources, from land use and diet through to water consumption and travel choices. For each lever, users can set a level of ambition from 1 to 4. The levers are a really fundamental part of the structure of a calculator. So when you're designing and making a new calculator for a country, you define different levels of ambition for key, uh, key pathways, key elements of pathways for, for, for your country. So for example, if you take uh, the amount of electric vehicles that you foresee in the future, level one of your lever, level one ambition, will be business as usual. So that is likely to mean a relatively, potentially a relatively low level of electric vehicle deployment based on current policies. Levels two and three represent increasing levels of ambition. And then level four, so that this is the, the level of maximum ambition for any given thing, the level of, for example, electric vehicle deployment that is the maximum that you think is technically uh, feasible within an economy. So that's where you really push the limits to the most that you think might be achievable in the future. True to his principles of decomplicating information, David Mackay's original calculator and its successors have an easy to understand visual user interface. The emissions that result from adjusting the levers are shown in graphs. Although simplicity is key to engagement, achieving this required really complex software, which David wrote. 
Some of David's former colleagues explained to me that he was committed to making this open source, which is one of the reasons the calculator's grown so quickly. Being open source, the calculator's transparent. Anyone can inspect how it works and examine all the data and its transparency makes it trustworthy, which is one of the things that makes it so effective in challenging false assumptions, like the phone charger myth. So some people get really surprised by this, even people who are consider themselves green or more environmentally minded, they can use the calculator and actually see that sometimes the things that they thought would make a big impact don't make as big an impact um, in reality as, as, they, as they had anticipated. And that is a really helpful way of getting people to learn firsthand what is actually required to meet some of these more ambitious climate change targets. It really helps people to challenge in themselves and to understand the strategic choices and the extent of uh, transformational activity that's needed to, to respond to climate change. Jenny McInnes is Head of International Climate Finance, a UK government programme to provide technical assistance to developing countries in tackling climate change. She explains the calculator's transformational potential. And it really did drive quite a lot of our policy thinking in the UK. It was the calculator that helped to instigate the cross-government climate strategy. And from that, we identified the key sectors that we needed to decarbonise. One of the big policy approaches that came out of our calculator analysis was the electricity market reform process, which led to mass renewable energy auctions and a huge increase in our renewable energy capacity in the UK. And it's a model that has had a lot of global interest and one that we've supported other countries to follow. Electricity market reform was announced in July 2011, a year after the calculator was launched, introducing mechanisms to support investment in renewable energy. The benefits of this are now becoming very clear. For two weeks in 2019, electricity supply from renewable energy, nuclear and gas generation was great enough that no coal-fired power production was needed, the first coal-free day since the dawn of the Industrial Revolution. And according to National Grid, 2019 was the first year where zero-carbon electricity generation sources outperformed fossil fuel generation. As still further renewable capacity is added, the reliance on coal will steadily diminish and gas is expected to follow. Decarbonisation of transport and heating were also identified by the calculator as critical steps for the UK to take to meet its emissions reduction target. And it's informed the latest government thinking. 2015 was pivotal for the calculator, the year of the Paris Climate Agreement signed by 187 countries. They committed to work together to limit global warming to a temperature no more than 1.5 degrees above the pre-industrial average. Putting that into action, each nation has to set domestic measures to reduce emissions, known as Nationally Determined Contributions or NDCs. These will be revisited and strengthened every five years to accelerate the reduction of emissions over time. Against this backdrop, interest in the calculator has spread all over the world. Belgium was the first country outside of the UK to use uh, the calculator. This is Cohen Mus, who works for the Federal Climate Change Administration in Belgium, which is using the calculator to develop different climate change scenarios. The first one that was developed in Belgium was the Walloon government. So Wallonia is one of the three regions in Belgium, and they developed a, a, a calculator and scenarios for their region. And that was in 2011. And then in 2013, we developed a, a calculator and scenarios, a scenario study based on the calculator for all of the country at the federal level. In 2015, the results from the calculator were combined with assessment of economic impacts. 
This provided vital data on the likely effects of carbon reduction on GDP and employment, enabling more informed debate among politicians, stakeholders and the public. It's also been used in discussions on extending carbon pricing in Belgium beyond the sectors that are already in the emissions trading scheme, specifically to housing and transport. At present, Belgium's committed to reduce its emissions to 40% below the 1990 baseline by 2050, in line with the European Union. But some regions in Belgium, such as Wallonia, have acted on the evidence presented by the calculator and set targets for net zero. Wallonia is not alone. In May 2019, the UK announced it was raising its level of ambition, committing to cut greenhouse gas emissions to net zero by 2050. And Vietnam is stretching itself too, albeit it is in a very different situation. Vietnam's existing NDC emission reduction commitment is to cut emissions by 8% by 2030, but its ambitions are greater. Huang Van Tam is the deputy head in the Office for Climate Change and Green Growth in the Ministry of Industry and Trade, MOIT, in Vietnam. He's also the manager for the country's 2050 calculator project. The Vietnam Calculator, which was first created in 2014, is being used in collaboration with the Ministry of National Resources and Environment to inform the review process for the country's NDC commitment. And we are exploring more options to, to work on the further ambitious target of the NDC in Vietnam now. Uh, and not only the, the, the uh, target of NDC, but also we exploring the possibility of the measure to implement in terms of context, in the context of country condition. He says that the calculator has been very useful for policymakers and stakeholders, describing it as an active way of getting immediate answers to any questions related to greenhouse gas mitigation in the energy sector. What's also key is that it's seen government departments working closely together, as has been the case for many of the countries using the calculator. We are lucky that we have the network of the, the focal points of climate change in Alliance military, including our MIT and the focal points of national level from uh, military of natural resources and environment. And uh, we are keep working together uh, all the times. One of the key levers in the Vietnamese calculator is on renewable energy supply, where the country's been making enormous progress. This is energy expert Quoc Khan, who's worked on the calculator since it was first introduced. I think since um, 2015, a lot of change has happened, uh, in particular a new technology and also policy. Um, just an example, last year in Vietnam, we have 5,000 megawatts of solar PV were developed uh, in, in Vietnam in just one year. There are lots of reasons behind this dramatic progress, investment incentives, the tumbling cost of technology and policy instruments. And the calculator is helping to bring about change. Professor Yu Feng Yang is an honorary research fellow at Imperial College and a consulting expert to the Asian Development Bank. He's been researching energy systems analysis for over 20 years and says that the calculator is a revolutionary new approach. From my thoughts, I myself think there's no some progress, in fact, so many years, nearly 40 years, I mean, uh, until a uh, calculator, uh, there are several uh, advantages, you know. Uh, firstly, it uh, utilizes the uh, advanced uh, information technology internet because uh, it's developed a web version and this web version is very important is uh, make the modeling uh, works is more open, more inclusive. 
uh, everyone can access it by our web version. This means the public can involve in their ideas, their perspectives for the future. As part of the development of the latest version of the 2050 calculator, the team created a simplified web version, which can be used by the general public and schools. Because it's inclusive, it's open more, so naturally will make the decision-making process more democratic, no doubt. Professor Yang says that hosting open access calculators online is improving international understanding between countries about their energy systems and the future outlook. Like all of the 187 signatories of the Paris Agreement, China will be invited to submit an updated NDC in 2020. China is the world's biggest carbon emitter. It plans to reach an emissions peak in 2030 and then reduce emissions after that. Rapid emissions reduction in China is essential if the world is to achieve the Paris pathway and avoid catastrophic climate change. China was the second country after Belgium to create a national calculator. I asked Professor Yang if the calculator would be used in the NDC setting process, and he said he was hopeful that it would. In its use of the calculator, China has modelled the complex interrelationship between water and energy, what Professor Yang describes as the water-energy nexus. The water and the uh, nexus is recently a very hot topic, not only water in fact, but also land use. And the land use and the water in fact are high related too. For any region or country, in fact, uh, uh, there are a lot of uh, constraints, you know, especially including water, for example, water resources for the, uh, especially for industry, for example, development, uh, like uh, China's Western uh, regions, uh, the water resources uh, very much sorted, uh, seriously. And so we must uh, um balance the water, uh, the, the, the users, you know, uh, for example, the agriculture and the industry. This is always a uh, uh, contradicted uh, users. Being able to balance the sources of supply and demand to create a desirable emissions profile is the challenge that China and many other countries face as they evaluate how to contribute to reducing emissions. For our calculator, I think we can uh, simulate uh, different uh, levels uh, for some co-indicators, uh, uh, co you know, balance uh, the whole system. The calculator reveals interdependencies and conflicts, helping to define pathways and targets. So far, China has created national, regional and city-level 2050 calculators. Now plans are in place to create project-level calculators to model China's largest development scheme, the Belt and Road Initiative. This enormous scheme, estimated to be worth a trillion dollars by the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, is designed to improve land and maritime connectivity between China, Europe and Africa along six corridors. This is a very important uh, initiative, not only for China, but also for the whole world. But uh, the problem uh, recent years in, from the international community is uh, whether or not uh, the engineering project is green. We need to uh, evaluate uh, the project. Uh, it's clean or not. It's green or not. So this is another requirement for us to consider. We need a kind of a calculator to, uh, to evaluate, to calculate uh, some co-indicators. Different countries have different standards, in fact, for the, uh, for example, environmental uh, standard. So 
for our calculator, it's a every indicator is a different level, four levels. It's a different use of the calculator. Everything up to now has been about understanding and planning scenarios. Here, Professor Yang's talking about project evaluation. And this comes back to those four levels of ambition that Sam Friggins mentioned earlier, asking, what's the level of ambition for reducing emissions on the next generation of mega projects? It's a question that applies not just to the Belt and Road, but to every project everywhere. Having emissions data for projects is becoming particularly important where bank finance is involved. Financial organisations are increasingly seeking to understand the impact of development on carbon emissions. Madeleine Rawlins is a principal consultant at Mock McDonald and a programme leader for the 2050 Calculator Consortium. So there's a real there's a real growth in the green finance sector. People are looking to understand what where their investments can fit in with the Paris Agreement um, and what investments will be aligned to the transition necessary to achieve the Paris goals. But the problem we have at the moment is that the gap between the national plans and the national commitments on climate change and what's needed to achieve Paris at their current levels of ambition, the nationally determined contributions, NDCs, are nowhere near ambitious enough to achieve the 1.5 degree pathway, which is why they're reviewed and strengthened every five years. So I think the calculator can be used uh, really to understand the transitions necessary to achieve Paris in a country and to have a real dialogue with the investment community about those transitions. Providing more transparency and insight around the transition pathways can then help with investment planning. Many of the calculators include within them um, cost elements and so some of the calculators have been used to, to test which pathways, which scenarios um, can be done most cost effectively to achieve net zero, to achieve low carbon transitions. But also it can be really important, particularly in developing countries, to understand what the investment pipeline is, where they want to see climate finance coming into the country, uh, in what sectors, in what technologies and really setting out a concrete investment plan. Since its launch a decade ago, 10 of the calculators have been developed with support from international climate finance. ICF is now supporting five additional countries to develop national calculators of their own over the next three years. At the same time, existing users are working on new versions of their national calculator. So at the moment, we, we are focused on updating the calculators that are out there, getting some new calculators developed in some of the major countries. But there's such, a, there's such a buzz in the calculator community. There are so many countries wanting to come in and we're going to really be focusing on, on building the community next year, uh, bringing it to more countries, more of the uh, developed countries as well as the emerging and, and developing countries so that we can really start to show comparability as well. Back in the UK, experts at BASE are working on the third version of the UK's 2050 calculator, which will model scenarios to 2100, reflect the new net zero commitment and remind the world where the methodology came from. Sadly, its inventor, Professor David Mackay, died from stomach cancer in April 2016, aged just 48. But he leaves a very important legacy. In recognition of this, the UK's new 2050 calculator will be named after him and the Mackay calculator will be ready in 2020. This is David's former colleague Anna Stevenson again. He really wanted the UK calculator to be used by the UK government policymakers to be able to really have a proper evidence-based discussion about what the trade-offs are between different energy pathways, which I think it is being used in that way. I think he also wanted it to be used for education, which so there's the My 2050 version of the calculator, which is for, for schools. It's a kind of more cartoon version. And I think his, he envisaged that it was used for education to teach children, but also uh, not just children, just men members of the public to engage people more on climate change. 
As the calculator spreads, David's key lesson that we should use numbers and not adjectives to describe climate change is being learned all over the world. In the end, it will be government policies and human actions that save us from global warming, not a calculator. But the 2050 calculator can show us how to do it. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media, hosted by Bernadette Ballantyne, produced by Ross McPherson, edited by John Young and Andrew Melius. Special thanks to Mont McDonald, BASE, IFC, Climact, Imperial College, Ricardo, the Asian Development Bank, DFID, the Ministry of Industry and Trade in Vietnam, Belgium's Federal Climate Change Administration and everyone in the 2050 Global Calculator community. Engineering Matters is available on all podcast apps from iTunes to Spotify and Google Podcasts or you can listen from our website engineeringmatters.reby.media. If you like the podcast please leave us a brilliant review and share us on social media. You can tweet us at Engineer Matters, find us on LinkedIn and Facebook or talk about us on Reddit.